Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom... And KJ, and I just want to say thanks for having me on the show today, guys. Uh, I've heard you're geographically challenged. I, too, am geographically challenged. I had a meeting in Louisville, and I booked my flight to St. Louis. Louisville is not a nickname for St. Louis, like Philadelphia and Philly. They are different cities, kind of far apart, but so I'm happy to be amongst geographically challenged friends. And, and how did that me, me, uh, meeting go, KJ? <laughs> well, so I get on the plane and I fly to St. Louis. I get off the plane. I get on a little shuttle to get to the rental car place and I'm standing in line. And I figured, well, let's see how far it is to the meeting. It's five hours east. The lady says, ah, oh, can I help you rent a car? And I said, I'm going to need a minute. So <laughs> I was kind of embarrassed by the whole thing. You know, my, my company didn't know that I made this error. So I just rented the car and drove it. <laughs> um, it was a few days meeting. And then I, I don't really know how to change flights and stuff. I know you can, right? That's something you can do. But I just drove back and flew <laughs> 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 back to so where I work. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So guys, you know, study your maps, know the name mm-hmm. of the cities. But... Well, at least we just had to click a link to join this meeting. So you're okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, today's movie was suggested to us by our good friend, Doug, who is unable to join us today. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, which consists of two rounds of three questions to determine who will earn today's trivia crown. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant where anything goes. Uh, Doug's selection today was The Warriors from 1979. This fits into the action crime thriller genres. The director was Walter Hill. Some of Walter Hill's other movies were The Driver, Long Ride, The Long Riders, Streets of Fire, Brewster's Millions, Crossroads, and 48 Hours. Some other movies that were adjacent to this movie in 1979 was the original Alien, Apocalypse Now, Monty Python's Life of Bryant, The Jerk, Rocky II, Star Trek I, the original Mad Max, and Kramer vs. Kramer. Now, since Doug is not here, I'm going to be turning the reins over to our guest, KJ, uh, who will be leading the trivia portion. KJ, do you have any familiarity with this movie before we get started? Before Doug recommended it, I had actually never heard of The Warriors, but after watching the trailer, I got really excited. It looked like a campy, corny, fun 80s movie, even though it is late 70s, uh, and I was very excited to watch it. I enjoyed it very much. Great movie. Highly recommend it. Sounds good. Tom, uh, did you have any familiarity with this movie or what are your initial thoughts on it? I was familiar with it. I don't think I've actually seen it in its entirety, but I really like this movie. I liked it seeing it all the way through. I enjoyed basically every moment of it. Um, it's a fun movie because it's this sort of seen as this kind of low art thing but it was appreciated, I think, in its time by a lot of critics. I know Pauline Kael wrote a pretty glowing review of it in, in the late 70s for The New Yorker when this movie first came out. And so I was excited to see what she was talking about from beginning to end. And I was very pleased. I enjoyed the hell out of this. 
I also had, I actually had no familiarity with the movie before, but I had a lot of fun with it. And to KJ's point, even though it was technically 1979, it reminded me a lot of those like early 80s type movies. Um, I have a particular fascination with some of these, you know, they may not be super popular, but I, I got, it's the kind of reverse of the running man where there were a bunch of stalkers that all had corny identities. This was the same way with the gangs. So I just got that kind of eighties vibe to it. I had a lot of fun with it and uh, I'm looking forward to discussing with you today. Now I know KJ will be handling the questions for everyone, but I have a question for you guys. Can you dig it? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I guess we should mention the plot real quick. The Warriors <laughs> is a movie that takes place in New York. <laughs> and um, the movie opens up with a meeting of the gangs. There are tons of gangs in New York, apparently, and they all meet in one spot. And the leader of the biggest gang says, we're all going to unite and the city will be ours. And he's immediately shot dead. At this point, rumors go around that it was the Warriors, one of the gangs, that shot him. And so the Warriors are on the run trying to get back to their home in Coney Island. And we follow them through as they're going through different neighborhoods in New York. As gangs are trying to get them, cops are trying to get them. It's really fun. Even, even radio hosts are really, you know, have it out for them. Thank you, KJ, for that quick plot summary. And I think I'm going to turn it right back over to you for Movie Quiz. It's time for Movie Quiz. All right, guys, we have two rounds of three questions. Round one, each question will be at least one point. There are some opportunities here. First round, the categories are when you're a shark, you're a shark, the lollipop guild, traveling faster than information. Tom, which category would you like to start off with? The categories, again, are when you're a shark, you're a shark, the lollipop guild, and traveling faster than information. When you're a shark. You're a shark. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for question one. Name gang names until your co-host can no longer name a gang. You'll get one point for every gang name over your co-host that you can name. All right. So start us off, Tom. Swan. Wait, gang member names? Uh, No, sorry. Gang names. Actually, yeah, oh. Swan's a... So, yeah. Wait, gang so, member? Me- members no. of the Warriors or just gangs? Gang names. So, for example, oh. the Warriors. Yeah. Okay, the Warriors. All right. Um, uh, I just want... Okay, the, I'll go with uh, the Gramercy Rifts. Got it. The Rogues. Good. Turnbull ACs. Good. The Orphans. Good. The Lizzies. Good. The Punks. The Baseball Furies. Nice. <laughs> Can't say the Cops, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, what other ones are there? You tapping out, Tom? No, I'd say the... The Hoods? Not on my list. Now uh, I got my alphabet straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Give me one second. I might have one more. Yeah, all right. Because right now you guys are tied. Um, oh, yeah, it, oh, it's not the last one. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, you have to one up the other person. Um, give me one second. 
because we, we got all of the ones they fight. I'm picturing outfits, but not names. All right, for the point, yeah. who does the radio host call out to all the time? The, the Warriors. The Warriors? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Who is well, she calling out to? Boppers is a generic. There it term. is. No, well, okay, if that's true. Yeah. I think but Boppers Bop- is a generic Boppers term. Boppers isn't a gang, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was on the list of top 20 gangs from... Oh, was it? Yeah. Was it? I, I thought, I thought, okay. bo- I thought Boppers I, was a generic term. I thought so, too. I'd be happy boppers. to take the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can have the point if you want. But no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. It's okay. I, I, I could be wrong. It could be the Boppers. I, I thought Boppers was a. Uh, oh, I'm sure this will come up later in the conversation. I thought Boppers was a generic term for gang. People. But, but who are the Boppers? Who I do they look that, like? I thought it was the gang that they have like the big meetings where they all stand uniformly in but ranks. That's the Riffs, right? That's the Riffs. I thought that was the Riffs because then they have the new guy take them take them over because once uh, once Cyrus goes uh, down. Actually, actually, I'm I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boppers are an all African American gang from Harlem. Yeah, I thought that was so. The Boppers are actually a gang. The Riffs are from Gramercy. But that doesn't that screws up the plot, right? Because <laughs> the Riffs, <laughs> the Riffs are kind of overlooking everything, right? They're the they're the big dogs in the city. Yeah, but they don't have a radio host on their side. Well, I guess. Well, technically. <laughs> I guess you won. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't say the boppers. I just, I had the same assumption you did, so I did not say bopper. So technically nobody won. No, we're Our giving the points to Nick. Won. We'll give the points. We'll or lost. Points. <laughs> we'll give the points to Nick as he was the first mm. one to say boppers. <laughs> you know, I don't even think I deserve it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. It's All up right. to you. It's up to you, KJ. Yeah, it's fine. I'll, yeah. I'll thumbs that up. Yeah. Next question. So, Nick, do you want to go Lollipop Guild or Traveling Faster Than Information? I want to go Lollipop Guild. It's time for question two. The movie begins with a gang summit in the Bronx, where each of the gangs send delegates to hear what Cyrus has to say. How many people did each gang send to the gang summit? I know. So, I know too. Yeah, nine. Once you guys are both locked in, okay, oh. Tom? Yeah, I had the same thing, nine. Nine? All right. Yeah. Yes. Goes, nine, go in. <laughs> no so, weapons. No weapons. So how many people do you think were at the summit? Wait, he says, um, there was the top 100 gangs, each with nine delegates. Right, Isn't which that- looks about right, yeah. yeah. About nine hundred people. Uh, yeah, and then he says some- there's another hundred. Like, mm. I didn't know if it was going to be a question, but like he pretty much came up with a number that there was sixty thousand of them mm-hmm. versus twenty thousand cops. So, like, if everyone, you know, amassed everything and unified, mm-hmm. but I, I think they said there was. The top 100. Tom, is that right? That they said yeah, that? that's, I thought it was like the, the yeah. top 100 gangs. And then they also say something along the lines of like, and some other ones too, some other minor ones too, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of I like think it. actually at the present. So for example, like the orphans were not at this mm-hmm. summit, but they did have people that might have been more than nine people. So he, he did this whole like, math thing where he was trying to amass what everyone their power would be beyond just what was in the summit Mm -hmm. so were there that many gangs and 
gang members in New York back in the 70s? Well, this is a biography, of course. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the world isn't the 70s. I think it's some sort of future, somewhat futuristic non-space. I got the impression that this is not, you know, 1979 New York. It's some sort of version of New York that is somewhat adjacent to, to reality. But at the same time, I felt the dialogue was a blast from a past era. That's what I actually was going to ask you because I actually on purpose didn't do research on source material. I don't know if you guys were familiar with it, but it sound, the dialogue sounded like back in time, whereas this was more of a, I don't want to say yeah. dystopian future, but it kind of was. Yeah. You know, not to the degree of what we see in modern movies of dystopian future. This is just like a dirty, you know. I, I believe it un- is. Unlawful. I think so. It's based on. I mean, it's based on two books, but the more recent book is the, I think, nineteen seventy-five novel. Or excuse me, nineteen sixty-five novel, um, which is you know, I, I think it takes place in like some sort of comic book version of New York that's you know drawn drawn from the past and and kind of assuming a dystopian future of sorts or dystopian i almost get the impression a dystopian alternate time yeah yeah and Um, and the fact that you said it was written in the 60s makes complete sense to me yeah uh because it it's it's kind of like when you in in your old literature classes you're reading old english and middle english (laughs) this is a different type of english just the words and vocabulary even though it is more modern Um, they are speaking in jive a lot yes right which is you know like we would call like maybe ghetto speak today or something like that yeah or you know it's uh they're using that version back in the 60s and 70s um and they're sort of making or trying to make up the poetics of jive which is, you know, happened a lot, even in plays you saw back then in the 70s, where you can use this sort of street language, but, but heighten it in a certain way. All right. Let's move on to our final question in round one. The category is traveling faster than information. It's time for question three. This movie took place long before cell phones, and the warriors were often trying to outrun the false message that they had killed Cyrus. Name the forms of communication used in the Warriors until your co-host can no longer name one. One point for every form over your co-host. I will start with radio. Excellent. Uh, Telephone? Yeah. You want to be more specific? Payphone? Yeah. (laughs) Payphones are used quite a bit. Yep. Good old-fashioned sight. People were seeing things and reporting in. I'll take that, yep. Symbol. You wore the symbol, the colors of your gang in order to communicate. Sure, yeah. That was a very important thing. They were wearing their colors, which if they weren't, they probably could have got home fairly easily, but they didn't have a change of clothes. You don't do that. More than that, you don't take your colors off. That's, mm, that's true too. The ethics mm-hmm. of the the, of the gangs. Mm-hmm. The other way was... Uh, they knew their path, so they followed the train stops where they would have to, the trains would stop. So they, would knew, they knew once they were on the trains where to wait for them. All right, we'll count it. We're getting pretty liberal with these answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say telegram. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you hear that about the Warriors? <laughs> extra, extra. <laughs> I shot Cyrus down in cold blood. <laughs> uh, sending friends ahead or sending allies ahead? Scouting. Yeah, I'll call that. Sure, I'll count it. it <laughs> I'll count like it. Now I gotta come up with one. <laughs> Um, police scanners. There we go. Yes. Oh. Using the, the police. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess the police. Yeah. Probably. And then I only have one more on my list, Tom. This could be for the I was going to say radio? I, radio? Said radio. Yeah, <laughs> radio. I said radio. Yeah, did say radio? Nick said radio. Oh, I thought that was like the disc jockey. Yeah. I didn't see any walkie-talkies or... Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about the cops. Um, no, I said this police scanners. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no, that, but that's, yeah, yeah. that counts as that. Yeah. What else did they do? Uh... Well, Tom, the good news is I don't yelling? think I have any. So I don't have any more. So this may be. Uh, I'm gonna. I could. I mean, it's worth guessing. I'm right? gonna try to guess too. Um, uh, so we said payphone, which makes me think that there's another type of phone they use. No, um, I just it was interesting oh. to see a payphone in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, presumably they weren't weren't calling oh, it a payphone. I'm gonna say um, uh, graffiti. Ah, that's a good one. I like that tagging. Mm-hmm. The old, uh, you know, updating yeah. your wall. They do that on the gravestone, right? That's the only place they do that, though. So wow. they're not really following them by tags. No, but that's a... But they have to communicate. Form of, yep, yeah. a form of communication. Mm-hmm. So the Silence. final one I have is... Can I guess? I'm going to say uh, speech. Nah, word of mouth, that's all. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, actually, no, no, all right. I like it. So mm-hmm. speech, um, I had gang meetings. Like they would have to literally call a meeting to say, "Hey, we got to go do this." Instead oh, of just texting yeah. I, I was thinking, yeah, Cyrus is. That was Cyrus's, uh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what happened? I don't even know who, what points were. So <laughs> we're giving we're giving two points to Tom because he was able to follow right. two forms of communication that okay. Nick was not. All right. And I think yeah. I, I I somehow lucked out on one point in the that earlier round. <laughs> yep. Can we talk about that opening though when they're all going up to Van Cortlandt Park? Yeah, sure. that was great. That was that was an old-fashioned style of filmmaking. Um, this pure montage system where we're just going to communicate a bunch of stuff to you with just cuts of people <laughs> saying things in any old damn water. I love that. I thought that was great. And you also like, got to see everyone's uh, gang colors, if you will. <laughs> like this is the perfect society where everyone just dresses the same. It actually reminded me a lot. And, I was going to bring this up before because it was another thing that reminded me of Batman. <laughs> but in like the traditional Batman, like all the, the, the henchmen always have the theme to the major villain. <laughs> whereas like the gangs all had that. And in addition, which I was going to bring up before was talking about the setting. It actually reminded me of the like the darker true Gotham type Batman setting because New York, I mean, Gotham is a slang for New York and it was that dark and dingy type that also had that vibe. So between the, the, the matching gangs remind me a lot of those henchmen and just the general setting of this, how New York was, there was no crime fighters in this one though. It was just, (laughs) just crime. So, so originally they had shot a different opening that started during the day and had the warriors all discussing the meeting instead of the the way it was presented in the movie which was those quick cuts that tom was talking about they actually went back and reshot that because they didn't want to start the movie in the day and then have it go to night they wanted to have the movie start at night that makes sense 
and it worked really well. It was real yeah. quick, real easy. Mm-hmm. For those yeah. in our listening audience who do not live in the uh, New York City area, the trip from Coney Island to the Bronx by train would take quite a while. So even on a map, if it doesn't look that far, that's quite a trek. That's like them going to another country. <laughs> yeah, I used to go to the Bay Ridge to the Bronx for work, and it would take maybe two hours, and Coney Island is 45 minutes outside of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, a, it's a long trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back to the forms of communication, I really liked the use of the radio. I love that they cut to her as a narrator just to make sure everybody knew what was going on, and I liked that a lot. Um, this this movie, like most movies back then, would have been ruined. Well, it would have been a different movie with cell phones. Yes, people yeah. would definitely identify them a lot quicker where they are with video and, and streaming and all of that. The The other thing that I thought was interesting to move the movie along, I thought, and this just might be lack of understanding on me, how they broke away into the comic book scenes. I thought that was a more like like recent maybe 90s, 2000s type thing. I, that caught me by surprise. I didn't know that they experimented with things like that um, that early. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that yeah. worked great. I, I, it was a really good way to break up the movie and not make it feel like you were just slogging through New York. I really thought it was a really well way to break up the scenes and cut between and pretty characters. seamless the way they did it too because they, they wouldn't like over abuse it with bubbles like just enough information to show you that they're moving to a new setting just to make that transition that's from the original so in the original the the original book the, the not the original original but the 1965 novel it starts with one of the characters who i don't believe is in the movie reading a comic book and expands there but just compare this to the like the um what is it the 2004 2005 version of the hulk that's exactly what I was thinking. Is, yeah, a, yeah. is, is yeah. a comic book, and you're like, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> went very heavy-handed with that. Oh. That's exactly the reference I was thinking of. That went the uh, like too far. Yeah, and God, that movie was like 80 hours long, right? It was you, you had to, you know, it was like a part-time job surviving mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was an, this was a nice balance. All right, after the first round of questions, Tom has three points. Nick has two points, but it's still anybody's game. Very true. We just got to step away real quick for a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. This is Tom here for Instant Combustion Poster Board, and I've come to talk to you about using our product safely. We here at Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated fear too many people may be concerned that poster board, often used for children's activities, sets on fire simply by lightly touching the board's back. We've gotten letters from concerned parents asking why anyone would make and market a product to children that sporadically sets on fire. Well, to those concerned parents out there, let me reassure you, instant combustion doesn't sporadically set on fire. You have to lightly rub the back. So, honestly, it's up to you and your child whether or not your new, excited, beautiful instant combustion burns. Or rather, if you simply prefer to use the model as standard poster board. It's up to you. That's instant combustion just for you from Burnt Boo Boo Incorporated. And we're back. KJ, what do you have in store for us for round two? All right. Round two, the subjective 
round, not to be confused with the subjunctive (laughs) round that we were all hoping for. Audience always loves some verb play. (laughs) Each of these questions will be worth two points and they will be subjective. So there's no hard, well, there's no hard, hard answer, I suppose. The categories are fashion, fashion, fashion. Before Giuliani, New York was a dangerous place. And bopper lingo. So, Nick, you have a preference on which well you want to start with? Since we talked about it earlier, let's go to a bopper lingo. All right. Bopper lingo. So, as I said, this category is subjective. So, you're going to have to be real careful with listening to how I'm going to ask this <laughs> question. It's time for question four. In the movie, The Warriors, there's a lot of interesting language that the gangs use. What do you think, I think, Nick thinks is the best gang lexicon in the Warriors? Again, so it's not what I think. <laughs> Don't I get it right? It's not what Nick thinks. <laughs> yeah, so it's not what I think. It's not what Nick thinks. It's what I think Nick thinks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So let me know when you guys this are. This is gonna be in. sad when I get I, this wrong. I have a, <laughs> I have an idea. Uh, I have and to I, think because I just spent all that time on the question. <laughs> I have to outthink myself. I I could put forward a suggestion, but we'll wait till it's yeah. locked in. I, I'm not locked in. Yet. I'm still wrapping my head around. <laughs> now, of course, my mind is devoid of all bopper language now. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to overthink it. <laughs> you, in? The answer is in you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm locked in. Locked in. All right. I'm and just to be clear, too. the answer is what I think Nick thinks is the best gang lexicon in the Warriors. So Tom, what do you have? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Excellent answer. Nick, what do you have? Wasted wasted tom two points go to you i think oh, yeah. nick thinks can you dig it is <laughs> the best gang lexicon in the world i got my own question wrong <laughs> oh nick you should learn about nick <laughs> i didn't want to overthink it you don't know garbage about nick nick <laughs> I did already use that quote today in this episode. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I knew KJ was going to do that. Because you said it like eight times in text this week. I didn't want to overthink you it. You told me the answer. <laughs> Multiple times. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of fun lingo in this movie. Um, other ones I have are boppers. Um, to be had. No, man, I don't want to be had. It was, mm-hmm. they kind of use that. Um, can you dig it, of course? Racked was another word they used. Yeah, killed, right? I think so, yeah. Got racked, mm-hmm. man. Um, and another word, I don't know if I want to be on microphone as recorded, but. No, nah, but it's, it's, yeah, yeah, that was, I think that means, I think that means to be. Uh, um, Mugged? Like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely doesn't make sense in today's dialogue. (laughs) And even back then, it would have been closer to World War II. So I I don't know. No, that's what I was actually trying to figure out if it was like like a sneak attack or something (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that. No, really, Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But needless to say, 
Yes, boppers, which we thought was a generic term, which also is a specific gang, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, there was other... Fr- it wasn't just the the specific words. It was just like the phrasing of how they just talked about things, too. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into it too much, but even when they met that one girl, like, they went down a pretty dark road of dialogue, like, pretty quickly, and then worked their way back out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like a very... You know, it was going. It was getting pretty, pretty, pretty heavy, as they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the dialogue, the dialogue was fun. But as I said, even though the time, the time frame of when the movie was taking place, place versus the dialogue being used, it seemed like you were being pulled in two different directions. But it was nice. It, it worked out. But that's kind of the idea of a, a gang, too, or or anything where you're entering a kind of specific social space out of, you know, to which the audience is an outsider is you kind of invent a lexicon for these people to work in. I know Buffy the Vampire Slayer also worked in that way. Um, Joss Whedon wanted the show to be timeless. And so he kind of came up with teen slang that was unique to the show. Um, And I think the authors, you know, it seems to be authored by several people um, are, are doing the same thing. Uh, and it, it's further emphasized by the fact that you actually have gangs who need, they sort of require for their for their life, for the survival of the gang, an independent lexicon. I also, just some of the dialogue, it's funny. I, I may be misquoting it, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it if I am, where they'll be like, the Warriors, you're a tough crew, or something like that. Like, it was just, <laughs> or that's a tough crew. I think that's when they met the Lizzie's, was it? Uh, yeah, and they do that with the orphans too. Yeah, right? when they're trying to yeah. somewhat be nice to the orphans to make yeah. to make their lives easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we heard of you guys. You really knock them over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I like that one. Uh, you see that, and then the world comes out. That's trouble because <laughs> the orphans were gonna let them go by. <laughs> oh, when I got off the train and I saw you, I thought. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) There was just some fun dialogue with that stuff. And even when they go back with the Lizzie's, like the one young guy's like, this something's off here. And the other guy's like, it's a bunch of chicks. It's all good. (laughs) We just got here. (laughs) But there is a pared down style to the movie too. The movie doesn't have a lot of frills. It it um, it isn't. It doesn't seem necessarily interested in complex world building. Even though you, I got the impression that I was in an alternative world. This wasn't our New York. Um, you know, in any you know, in any year, it wasn't New York in any year that we're familiar with. But the movie has the the movie is uh, really just concentrated on their journey from point A to point B to mm-hmm. point C. Um, and it it puts all of its energy into those little adventurous jumps from one point to the next. Um, and so I, I really like the kind of the 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 almost quietness of the style too. At the same time that they have this way of speaking that's um, that's independent and kind of boisterous. All right. So next question. There's two categories left. Tom. One is fashion, fashion, fashion. The other is, before Giuliani, New York was a dangerous place. I think I got to sweep this. <laughs> um, was it got me? 
Yeah, right now Tom has five points. Nick has two points. Oh, man. There are four points left on the board. Go with fashion, fashion, fashion. All right. Fashion, fashion, fashion. Fashion. It's time for question five. Each gang in the Warriors had their own unique style to identify themselves as part of their gang. These uniforms were often outlandish. What do you think, I think, Nick thinks, is the best gang's costume? And I want to preface this by saying I wrote down answers before this episode. (laughs) So this one may not quite align. I'm locked in. (laughs) (laughs) What do Nick think looks best? Um... No one wears a suit, right? There isn't a student gang. I think it's the the best, like the, the most formal, maybe, where would be the, the Gramercy Riffs. They have this kind of Asian fusion thing. So I'm going to go with that, the Gramercy All Riffs. Right. The Riffs. And Nick, what do you think I think you think is the... I think it's the Baseball Furies. Ah. Uh, both wrong. I said... <laughs> I said, Who was closest? <laughs> <laughs> I said the boppers with the purple vests and the white pants. Oh, yeah. that was um, going to be my second guess. So yeah. the reason I like the baseball furies is it was very impractical, like their <laughs> outfit. And they look like a bunch of like knockoff Michael Myers because they had like their face paint on. It just had that very like Halloween. I'm going to get you with a baseball bat and just keep running in a very awkward... Like, do you remember when they would run? They'd, like, tuck their, their bats and they would just run, like, really awkwardly. And they didn't talk. And, like, I just thought they were the creepiest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was impressive. Like, if you were, like, going to be a gang member and go out and create chaos, like, you will be picked out of a lineup very easily. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like a lot of work. Yeah, on a regular basis. I'm gonna go get them in 30 minutes because I gotta make like <laughs> I gotta get my makeup on. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't pick the that was my second choice was the fedoras. Um, yeah. I didn't pick that because I I thought that Nick that KJ would think that Nick would think that that wasn't stylish. It was ostentatious. Yeah, you know, so I, Nick I would thought, be like, oh, that's that's too much. Wait, did you body. tell us? Wait, who was it? Uh, the boppers with the purple. Vest oh, it was and the, the white boppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, that was one of the most striking, and I thought you would have really liked how they kind of stood out amongst the other gangs. You know what it was? They didn't get a lot of screen time. They didn't. Nope. They didn't get a lot of screen time. It was really just a an intro. I mm-hmm. think it was. I think what you got you was probably the vest. Yeah. Vest. Yep. That. That. Yep. Yeah. Bold yeah, purple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think when I watched it the baseball furies were the ones that intrigued me the most for like many reasons of just lack of impracticality and just general creepiness. <laughs> like you're not going to be able to be inconspicuous. I mean, many of those get ups you couldn't, but that one specifically. <laughs> I also like your bat fighting. Yes. <laughs> just repeated one thing over and over and over again. <laughs> That's what I meant. Like I got that like cheesy horror villain vibe for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't human. <laughs> All right. Final question. Worth two points. The category is... Do we before... get the extra two points from the last one that we got? 
<laughs> yeah, we can throw those in. <laughs> uh, category is Before Giuliani, New York was a dangerous place. It's time for question six. While trying to find their way back home, the warriors often find themselves in altercations with other gangs and sometimes the cops. What do you think, I think, Nick thinks is the best fight scene in the Warriors. <laughs> uh, okay, I have an idea. You're locked in, Tom? Yeah. Are you locked in, Nick? I, I think I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, let's start with you because these are kind of biased towards Nick. Uh, but against Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm winning. <laughs> Tom was in my head the uh, last episode as well, you know, yeah. with this yeah. objectives. I, I'm not a person. I'm a shadow <laughs> of all around me. I'm going right. to say the standoff between Swan and the head of the rogues on the, the shore at Coney Island. At the beach. Okay. Well, because I was locked in and there's no chance of me winning now, I also said that scene. So I think no matter what KJ says, this victory is going to go to Tom. But I, I also thought that was really cool um, with the knife to get the gun out of his hand. Like that whole mm. sequence was actually really cool. And it was fast, but it was cool. So I, I agree with Tom thinks that I think is the best scene. But does KJ agree <laughs> that Nick thinks that's the best scene, which is also the same as what Tom agrees on? KJ does not think that <laughs> the beach fight was the best fight. I thought the uh, Baseball Furies fight. That was a good one, too. <laughs> that was going to be my second guess, yeah. That one, well, guess what? It was going to be my second <laughs> <laughs> So the, yeah. the beach fight, what I liked about it is a lot of it also took place with words. Yes. It was but a what mind I didn't fight. like about it, yeah, it was, yep, it was a, a yeah. charisma, yeah. Um, yeah, wit type fight uh what i didn't like about it it was during the day which made it so different than the other fights i it felt a little out of place i thought in the movie oh but it's it's the climax yeah uh, i thought it met, met, met way well with the day because their whole thing is they have to get to the shore right that's the the overlap with the the xenophon source material um in the xenophon source material it's this gang that has to this army that has to get back to the shore to be safe and it's them getting back to the shore as the sun is breaking and they have this one last challenge to be safe at home. And so it, it's sort of, it's a, it's a good climax that you change the, you know, you, you change the, the visuals, you know, the, the sun rises on the climax, on the showdown. I took it the same way. It's a, it's a new dawn, a new day. And mm -hmm. the tides have, the tides have shifted. The tides have <laughs> turned in their favor. But yeah. But the baseball fight was yeah, outlandish. Was I mean, it was silly. It was, yeah. it was yeah. great. Yeah, I, I, that, that, it was between those two. I also and I like, got my own thing wrong again. <laughs> I also like how that opens with the, with, you see the car and then you hear the clinking of glass as yeah. he's putting the, you know, the, the movie did a lot with very little. And that is a, is a good example of that. The, the way the head of the rogues, whose name I don't know, might not have been given, uh, he, in order to inspire the warriors to fight him on the beach, he follows behind them as they're walking on Coney Island in his car. And he's these three beer bottles on his fingers and he clinks them together. Um, 
very, very kind of slowly but um, methodically yeah. in order to to get them to come out and see him. Um, His name is Luther. I totally had to yeah. look it up. I'm maybe they referenced it or not in the movie, but I also like at the end when they were saying, why did you do it? And he's just like, because I like to do things like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was actually no, like, that was, like, I thought, like, oh, well, maybe this other gang wanted to be in power, and they paid them off to do it. And he's like, no, I just like stirring up trouble. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really a nice fit. Like, it didn't have to be this bigger reason. The whole thing, as Tom said earlier, was about the journey. They, they mm-hmm. made it back. It did, there was no mega conspiracy. This guy's just a loony. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, that when he's clinking the bottles, he, he actually improvised that famous line, warriors come out <laughs> to play. <laughs> um, the way the script was written is he was supposed to have two dead pigeons that he was knocking together, and they just... I don't know if they couldn't afford it or they, I, I don't know. So yeah, pigeons just, don't make noise. I don't think Peter liked that either. You know, yeah, no, I, that was at a, least no pigeons were harmed during the making of this no, movie. No, just the beer bottles. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was a great eerie slow scene. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. That's that was, even though that wasn't on the beach, it was all part of that sequence. Like the, Sometimes when you have a movie where the whole thing is just about the journey, it falls flat. I actually thought that was a nice conclusion. And speaking of conclusions, that concludes movie quiz. Tom, congratulations for taking that one down, especially getting in my own head yet again. Um, We're going to have to take a quick break to pay the bills and we'll be right back. Have an idea for an ad? Is it a fake product? We'll air it. Send us an audio clip of your fake ad, and after it goes through our rigorous and strict reviewing process, we'll fit it into an episode. Don't have an idea for an ad? Make one anyway, and send it to fakeads at talkingpicturestrivia.com or call 201-467-8679 and leave a voicemail of your ad. You'd sound really good on radio. This ad requesting fake ads is a real ad requesting you to send us fake ads. Seriously, send us your fake ads. And we're back. Thanks for uh, our wonderful sponsors out there. And I'm looking forward to continuing with the movie rant section. It's time for movie rant. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, with this movie, which we've talked about in some degree already through the questions, is the gangs themselves. There's a lot of gangs with a lot of unique get-ups, costumes. I don't know how you want to say colors, as they say. But I thought it was uh, fun to maybe go over some of the main gangs that occur in the movies. Some of them, you know, they have different screen times. Some of them are literally just shown um, on the screen when they have the big gathering. But I'm just going to rattle off a bunch. And if there's any that you guys want to talk about, Let's do it. So we have the Baseball Furies, the Boppers, the Boyle Avenue Runners, the Destroyers, the Dominators, the Electric Eliminators, the Gladiators, the Gramercy Riffs, the Hi-Hats, the Hurricanes, the Jones Street Boys, the Lizzies, the Moonrunners, the Orphans, the Panzers, the Punks, the Rogues, the Saracens, the Satan's Mothers, the Savage Huns, the Turnbull ACs, 
the Van Cortland Rangers, and of course the Warriors. Those there's were the main. There's a Saracen. The Saracens. <laughs> the and Saracens. The, the Saracens. I'm going to take a look. They wore a wonderful attire of black tank tops with white outlines and black pants. Weren't the Saracens the the group of priests in the Maybe Bible? that's why they're wearing black with white. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the, the Jew, not priests. Excuse yeah. me, Jewish Jewish elders. Uh, that's all I can tell you is their is their name. Yeah, <laughs> they were they honestly. I don't think they did anything except being part of that. Hey, check out all these gang scene mm-hmm. uh, in the intro. Hmm. But I can't really tell you any anything else on them is from outside of the movie so any okay, of the from source the, from material the book, yeah. yeah yeah so I, I really don't think it's worth going into all of that mm-hmm. no stuff. it's just a, <laughs> yeah it's just they, like i will name. tell you i mean again it comes out of uh, other material but their turf is bensonhurst brooklyn slash chinatown and mm-hmm. Man- well manhattan but i think bensonhurst is where they were based out of in yeah bensonhurst is brooklyn yeah 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 it's a uh, yeah. an so, area with a lot of um jewish heritage yeah so the ones that actually did show up in the movie <laughs> the turnbull aces okay that was the ones that they were all uh bald okay I don't know if they implied that they, they oh, I know they implied that they were possibly racist, but I think they had mixed people within their, in their group. So I don't know if it was, they just called them skinheads because they were bald or were applying something else. Um, do you guys know if. Which group is this? They're the ones that when they were, they had almost like this converted bus and they were all hanging outside of it, waiting for them near a train station. They're all like bald. They're like, skinheads they trace they chase them down with like a a kind of graffiti school bus oh the but there were black people in that group that's right? what i'm saying because they called yeah. them skinheads but i think it was just because they're both but they implied yeah, they were in just... some in some ways that they might but i was like they they were a mixed group so i think it might have yeah. just been they just skinhead had may, may have meant something else yeah 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 i know like the the kind of there was a punk look back yeah. then was that you, you kind of had the the skinhead look um, it was you know, like kind of the, the punk thing in yeah. the 60s. It wasn't, I mean, some people actually did borrow pseudo-fascist yeah. iconography for kind of the punk scene, but it's more of a middle finger than an actual yeah, belief yeah, yeah. Exactly. In, in, in Nazism or fascism. Yeah. Um, so it might've just been taken off from there. Um, was, you know, this is just, it, it seems like there isn't a lot of difference between the gangs in terms of belief systems or the, you know, what they want or what their function in the society is. They all seem to have the same function just in different areas, which is, you know, we survive or we protect one another um, via this social group we inhabit. Um, and and the, the, the big differentiators because of that are the visual. So that's why they all have their own persona and, and, and borrow looks, if you will. Uh, but I thought that that was one that came up of, of the ones that came up uh, in the movie. Any of them specifically jump out of interest? I mean, the, we talked about the baseball furies. I think, you know, they were inter- there was none of them that were, there was no look. I think the Gramercy rips with their, their Asian fusion thing, which I wasn't quite sure what that was, but uh, I, I don't think any of the particular, I think it's having a unique look that matters, not exactly what the look is. 
because by virtue of adopting a distinct look that shows allegiance to a, a group of people, you then can both survive, you're given the benefit of protection, but also the responsibility of protecting the group or enforcing the rules of the group within a designated area. Yeah, so when I first saw the trailer and I saw all the costumes, I was convinced this was going to be a musical. Those <laughs> costumes look like something out of a stage play. Um, and I'm, I'm glad the movie didn't get bogged down with giving each group their own backstory or reason for what they're doing. I kind of like that it was just, this is my area, that's your area, we're playing Risk. But there was no reason that I need to defend this other than it's my area. That's true about like the risk. It was all about territories and trade negotiations. If you think about it, like making deals is the truce on, I guess they don't know the truth is truce is still on or mm -hmm. so that's interesting. But talking about everyone seems to know from this episode, what Nick thinks or what KJ think that Nick thinks, <laughs> what does Tom and KJ think about these gangs? Which was the ones that jumped out to you of, of interest? And it doesn't mean to be, it has to be your favorite. It just has to be interesting. The rogues are interesting for the obvious reason that they are the one gang that betrays the, the system. There's a greater system that seems to have emerged that we can see that the, the gangs sort of respect each other's property, um, that if you call a meeting, you, you go to the meeting in good faith, etc. And the rogues are apparently a gang that has survived as a gang. Like they have a, a unit that they're able to help their members and continue, right? They're able to continue as a gang, yet their leader is so hot-headed that he can't respect the kind of emergent laws that come out of living in a gang-run sort of pseudo-Somalia New York City. Um, and so you wonder how long have the rogues been around if they have this sort of chaos, this, un this um, imbalancing chaos in their ranks. They were also dressed like a gang. Or if I was to pick what an actual gang might look like, they were the closest to it in this movie. With mm -hmm. like, the like leather and studs yeah. and chains. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it, you know, maybe less distinct as opposed to overalls and striped shirts that apparently no one has washed for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. The, the, rogues were, gang. <laughs> the rogues were kind of on the money for like street, like rough and tumble street gang. Mm -hmm. look. Yeah, not like the yeah. cleaners. Those guys had the cleanest uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> That's your gang? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laundry on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> my, my, my gang will be the HVACs. <laughs> healthy breathing. <laughs> um, you know, the riffs interest me because they seemed quite level-headed. They didn't come out with their fists. They actually talk and figure it out. And their meetings were some of the most organized meetings I've ever seen in my life. That they stood where they were. They were asking kind of sar question, sarcastic questions. I think they opened up the meeting, who are the warriors? And I don't think they were asking like, oh, we don't know them. I think that he was trying to prep the, the everybody and try to get them hyped up for taking them out. But he was also kind of making an allowance time to think about what the gang was doing as opposed to just stirring up trouble. Well, that makes sense within the premise of the movie because Cyrus was the leader of the Rifts and Cyrus was the one who was the, taking on the, the burden of 
uniting all the gangs. And until he got shot, he seemed like he was doing a good job because even the dialogue when people talk about him, like they were talking like he was the chosen one. Like they may have even said that word specifically. He literally said he's the one or he's the so it makes sense that his gang would be the most unified, organized, disciplined out there. And it, it also makes sense within the larger framework of the story. The gang world is not a chaotic world. They, it may be a chaotic world sans the gangs. Without the gangs, there may be chaos. But the gangs are ordered societies that offer something to their members that play by rules. You know, we know the, um, the rogues don't play by rules and end up suffering, we presume, death at the end because they don't. Um, and there is, there's these kind of little stable but emergent social mechanisms that rise up. The fact that these gangs can organize in a larger sense with the, the Gramercy Rips or, or Cyrus, who organizes them in Van Cortlandt Park, um, really isn't su- a surprise. They are highly functioning social units, you know, and they're, they're disciplined. You stay together, you defend your members, and when we're going to get into danger, you are protected from danger, but all of these gang members are willing to risk their lives for the protection of the gang. They all dress in the right colors. There's no, you know, there's no gang member who's kind of screwing up and they have to, you know, you put your overalls on like this, Benny, you know, or something like that. Um, and what we're given here is a, is a sort of collection of societies that are, that are functional. We're looking at kind of a functional society dealing with a problem. Um, you know, not a not chaos. I mean, the only people who introduce chaos really are the cops. In this, yeah, actually, you're right. In this movie, what I was going to say to that point, you see this a lot in like mafiosa or mob, you know, type situation where there is it's their own rule of law. There is their own structure. There's different territories. There's different levels of government, if you will, within that structure. It's it's very similar. The challenge is when someone gets disrupts the structure that's been created in this case it was luther from the rogues shooting cyrus and the same thing in different mob movies people get a little ambitious or take over territories or try that's that's where you get all the tension and the drama and it's also the same with it not just that's true with these gang you know la cosa nostra and things like that Um, when you have kind of a failed government or a corrupt government these other smaller emergent governments form it's also the same thing with cults like if you look at the Hare krishnas in the subway um everybody shaves their head everybody wears these bright color robes they have to sit there on the ground and say Hare krishna over and over again for some reason um but the, the reason for that with with kind of a or the reason for any kind of odd behavior in a cult is that's the price for entrance into the cult and if you're willing to pay that price if you're willing to make those sacrifices you then get the benefits of the cult. Um, if we don't have those prices in order to enter the cult thing, then people can just enter, take some kind of benefit, and then leave. What you need is a, a strong barrier for entrance. You need a strong cost. And so the kind of organizing of these criminal governances or gang governances and sort of organizations of cults have the same kind of economic um, benefits put up the the the, uh the the incentive system is the same in both kind of criminal networks and in cult networks Uh, and the i think this movie has a good overlap of them because you see the uh everybody has to wear their colors 
regardless of how that affects your your day-to-day life, right? You know, you can wear your colors when you're with the orphans, another gang, because then you're going to get in a fight with the orphans. So therefore, there's a cost wearing your colors. Um, and it's a high cost, but it's the cost you have to pay to get the benefit of being in one of these gangs. They, they live in our society, but they live by their own code. That's the whole thing here. They, it's just a different, a different rule of law within our present society. It's, it's what Hayek would call the difference between law and legislation. Mm-hmm. Law is um, those things we all sort of decide, kind of together, kind of not. But it's, it's an emergent idea that these are the things that are wrong. These are the things that are right. You know, I don't steal from 7-Eleven, even though I probably could get away with it, because it's like the wrong thing to do. I don't want to do that, more so than the penalty. And then legislation would be, you know, um, your toilet has to be at least six feet from your window, you know, things that, you know, we don't even know, right? It's the, it's the actual written out um, regulations of, of the central body. And this movie is about uh, the mechanisms of law, right? The mechanisms of law without legislation. Um, not to be gang-centric, but this movie was very gang-centric. One of the other gangs I thought was interesting, and we don't have to go too big into it, but was the, the Lizzie's. I thought that was an interesting portrayal of a gang. They didn't fo- follow the same stereotypes as some of the other ones. I, I guess they didn't have a defined uniform, except their uniform was female. <laughs> like they didn't, right? Did they have any, I don't think they had a, a uniform outfit. But no, they, they were just wearing whatever they were wearing. Yeah, so their whole twist or spin was that they were an all-female gang, and they did act very differently than the others. Do you think that they needed to go to such lengths to like attack these people? Because they almost they set a trap, if you will. They tried to use their feminine wiles to bring them in, make them secure, and only then attack them, which, unfortunately, the attack didn't go well. You think if they have them in their hideout, with weapons, they'd be able to take them down. But what did you think about that whole scene? Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I like the way kind of femininity and masculinity are posited in the movie. Um, and I, I like all the women in this movie are um, kind of tough and sexual. And the, the, the sexuality kind of both informs their toughness. And, but it's also a way that they kind of express themselves or enjoy themselves. Um, you know, and the, the men are sort of kind of all somewhat, it's somewhat implied they're all kind of sexually deviant, but at one point they suggest like, maybe we should just run a train on you. Um, which is kind of a brutal thing to say. I mean, it's it's really, you know, I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, That was the line I was alluding to early on. I was like, what did they just say? Like, they're just like bringing this up casually in conversation. Yeah, you know, and and so you wonder, um, you don't really see a lot of, it's almost like they don't have a chance to be sexual, right? Because they're on the run all night. Like, it seems like the the sexuality for both men and women are are kind of part of the, are sort of put into this, this system of rules in which we're submitted. The, the Lizzie's, when you talk about sexuality, 
I think it's their confidence is more of their sexuality because they're not dressed overly provocative or anything like that. I know there's some dancing and, and they're having a party, but it's not like over the top. Like we see today where women are just straight up a sex symbol. They, they have a different approach to that. The, yeah. The, the, I mean, there, there isn't like, there aren't sex symbols at all. Yeah, yeah. It's just people, you know, um, people want to have sex and that's kind of built into this world. Uh, that you know you you have certain rights as a as a member of a gang that you can kind of get away from get away with um, and you know I think that the women are just sort of the the Lizzies, the gang they're using sex as a, a kind of way of getting some kind of power or control because if they're the ones who could bring down the warriors that's a that's a big token in their pocket. Um, and they didn't seem that tough. Those guys were just like falling for it. Like literally they got off the train and they were enamored by a group of, of women. And then if it wasn't for the other young guy kind of like saying, Hey, you know, see what's really going on here. They would have gotten killed. You know, they, they, they just totally took the bait. You know, I just thought that was an interesting portrayal compared to the other ones were, which were, I don't want to say more comical in, in their approach to gangs, but they just had unique looks to them. They, they actually had to use their wits, minds, you know, to, to get ahead. So I just thought that was uh, interesting. Anything else you guys want, you know, particularly liked about this movie? I like the lighting. I like the way the streets. Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, kind of reflected the city the whole time in the movie. Um, it was it was at night, but it never felt dark. It you could see everything. Um, I, I really liked the way the movie looked. I didn't think about that, but now that you say that, you're absolutely right. They they played a nice balance that you could still get what's going on with the the street lights, and even when they were near the um, train tracks, the elevated trains, the L, you could still see everything that was going on there so that, that that's a good point i i did like the way it, looked. it was dark and dingy enough and you had the graffiti it did just the whole the whole premise really looked nice yeah i agree i i also like how the movie is starved of people who are not in the gang they just get of a gang right they get rid of everyone who is not in the gang with the exception of maybe like the newspaper woman in that one scene um there's one scene where they where the rogues go to a newspaper stand for the listening audience. It's not that interesting, but, um, are you going to yeah. pay for that? Pay for what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it me? That guy looked like a young Sean Penn. That guy looking like, is that guy Sean? Penn? No, you yeah, know what it, it is. <laughs> I actually looked him up that actor. I think he's just in a lot of like things. Cause he looks so familiar to me. I was trying to figure out what his name is. David Patrick Kelly. He actually was, I was just looking in more re recent times, he was in the John Wick movies as a character, but he's just been in things. He just has a very distinct look. I actually yeah. thought he was in like a, in my head, I thought it was like, was he in like an early police academy? I don't see it on here. That's that yeah. was going on in my head. I've never anyway, seen a police academy movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, back in the day. No, like I haven't seen it in ages. They're on Netflix. So we could watch the police yeah. academy. Anyway, um, yeah. But I, I did like that look. Oh, he was I, in I like... 48 Hours, by the way. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, the yeah. same director kind of yeah. uses these people. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's what I like. That you know, New York was, everyone else in New York had run away. And we just mm -hmm. it had been left to these, you know, these roving gangs. Um, I think it's also because of the time frame 
or the the time of day that this occurs because this happens at night and they're literally making this trip back in the early AMs to uh to Coney Island. Yeah, I I mean but you never see New York that empty. Right? You never see New York without anyone in it. That's true. You know, regard I mean you're in Manhattan. They're on like 96th Street and then Union Square. Like I you know, the Union Square station is just packed with people it's a major only gang people and cops that's it Yeah, it's gang people and cops occasionally some some other people but it is it is this kind of somewhat futuristic kind of setting where what if everybody left new york except the gangs right (laughs) like what if this kind of prediction of blood in the streets crime which didn't end up happening what if that happened what would new york look like i just i just thought about this i can't believe it didn't come up sooner in conversation talking about the train stations they just casually brush over the fact that one of the gang members gets clobbered by a, 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 a subway train coming by. The cop flips him in front of the subway train. And like that station is still operational. Like it's not locked down <laughs> or anything. Like, uh, yeah, we lost another one. But that was crazy. That actor and the director were not getting along. Originally, that character was supposed to have a lot more to do in the movie. And one day the director's like, you know what? You're done. <laughs> <laughs> they threw him in front of a subway. <laughs> Wait, which one, which one was it? I, it was I Fox. Remember. Oh my gosh, that is really funny. That we're just like, and that, that makes sense why they just glossed over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it also makes sense in this world, right? People die. No, no, but that's not what I'm saying. Like the train station was still operational. There was yeah. no like, stop the trains or. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would. You know, this idea of kind of like a, um, a modern emergent, emergency response to something like that seems out of place in this movie. This is it, a, does. it, it seems more like a war zone between yeah. gangs and cops. No, and, it, make, it makes sense for the movie. I'm just saying if you try to like <laughs> think about it for a second, yeah. you're like, oh, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. I also really like the soundtrack. I thought that helped you get right into the movie. You understood yeah. what they were going for. It was a great soundtrack. Highly recommend checking out the soundtrack if you get a chance. I didn't listen to it after the movie, but I, I did enjoy, you know, all the background uh, when the movie was going on. Yeah, and, and the, the DJ was a good device. Oh, she was great. And yeah. I loved the way it was, the way it's framed in the movie is you never see her except for her mouth and the microphone. So she is just a voice. She is just a narrator. And I thought the, the, uh, the, the way that they pictured that was great. Yeah. I'm just looking at some uh, interesting trivia on this movie. And there was, uh, talking about the subway scene, scenes with the cops, there was one scene where Swan, the leader, now the leader of the Warriors, swings a bat, um, throws, it, no, throws it at the cop. Well, he actually swung the bat into Deborah's face, the, the, the actress, and she was rushed to the hospital at 3 a.m. for stitches and still has a scar. So there was a scene, if you remember, where he gets the baseball bat and throws it at the cop so that they can get away. Mm-hmm. He actually clobbered the actress with the bat. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And I, I liked him, the new leader. Who was, was it Swan, right? Yes. The new leader. Yeah, I like the sort of blank affect he had <laughs> for the entire thing. You just almost know he had this kind of still face the entire time, no matter if he was um, kind of romancing the woman, which he kind of wasn't doing, or fighting someone, or 
you know, giving instructions. He just this kind of like stern look to him the entire time, which I thought fit the movie. Kind of, I, you know, I think that was George Lucas's inspiration for the prequel trilogies. I think George saw that and he was like, this is what we need in our, in our movies. This, <laughs> this is, is our it. Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> well, talk, talking about uh, star Wars, I was looking here and said, Walter Hill originally wanted the, the warriors to be an all uh, black gang, but the uh, producers disagreed. Mm-hmm. He also wanted the original subtitle to be to say sometime in the future, but Paramount thought it sounded too much like star Wars episode four, a new hope. <laughs> so, so they canned it. And it, it looks like Robert De Niro was asked to be cowboy, but he passed on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be too big by now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And this is a, a totally random one. The film trucks were protected by a real bang called the Mongrels for $500 a day. <laughs> I guess they filmed in some rough areas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, Anything else jumping out to you guys about this one? I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad uh, Doug brought this to our attention. Uh, it was a, a real fun watch and really uh, fun to discuss. Even if uh, next, hopefully next time I can get Tom out of my head so I can start winning some of these things. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, Tom, uh, once again, congratulations for winning this week's uh, movie quiz. Uh, I'd also like to thank Doug for bringing the Warriors to our attention, and we hope he can join us again soon. Uh, While he's joining us today, I'd like to still thank our proficient editor who masterfully crafts these episodes. I'd also like to acknowledge IMDb, which is a great resource for movie information. Check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. Join us next time when we discuss Tom's recommendation, 1919 silent film, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. That should be quite the experience. See you then. Ding, 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 ding.